0: deflating probably the best way to put it deflating you're locked on sabers your daily podcast on the buffalo sabers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We've got a bunch to talk about on today's show, including the Sabres lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'll give you my experience from being in the building for that game. Uh, I've got a trade take that stems from that game just something I was thinking about while I was sitting in my seat watching that game unfold and we've got some updates on the playoff hunt as well as a very very special anniversary to Sabre fans the brawl Sabre Senators brawl Anniversary. February 22nd, 2007. It has been 16 years. And every time this day comes up, it's always fun to reminisce on that. So we'll do that a little bit later on in today's show. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Sneaky Joe Sports. Or you can follow the podcast account at Locked on Sabres. YouTube account, search Locked On Sabres. We can watch the show. If you're watching my hand gestures right now, you're already there and you're already watching. Uh, but you can like and subscribe there as well. We always greatly appreciate a review as well. Hopefully, a five star review. Cause I hold up 10 fingers, hopefully a five-star review. Um, but what I want to start with, what I want to start with actually before I was going to get to right, jump right in Sabres and Leafs six to three in favor of Toronto. Uh, what I want to start with is the comment, a uh, comment of the day, I guess from our Locked On Sabres Twitter account, which asks, did Joe ever get to the team point totals that I teased in the last show and Completely omitted it. Completely forgot I had written down on my rundown. And I just, for some reason, skipped it. But if you missed last episode, I was going to get to odds on all the teams in the Eastern Conference playoff race and what their over-under point total is. Now, that's changed a little bit since our last show. But I can tell you where the Sabres are. The Sabres, and this will put it into perspective, like what the odds in the playoff race are. It's a good way to look at who's most likely to get in. The Sabres are at 89.5 points as an over-under, which, by the way, well done, Buffalo, because it is February 22nd, and back in October, their over-under was 77.5. They have flew past uh, where they're supposed to be, um, at least in terms of points. The Islanders are also at 89.5, the same total as the Sabres. So by that logic, the Sabres in the and the Islanders by the odds are about the same to make the postseason. The Red Wings are at 87 and a half. I very much agree with that. I've been anti-Red Wings being in this race. They are now at a playoff spot. We'll get to that in the hunt a little bit later on. Um, who else, though? We got the Penguins at 93 and a half. They would be the top team, the top wildcard team at 93 and a half. The Capitals at 88 and a half. That is below the Sabres. Um, and the Florida at 92 and a half. So that is the benchmark. If you're, if you're keeping track here, I, know a little out of, I went a little out of order. Pittsburgh of the wildcard teams, 93.5. It's the highest over-under point total. Florida is at 92.5, and the Sabres and Islanders are 89.5. So that's, the, that's about where that number is going to land, 91, 92, 93 points. The get-in number, you need this amount of points to get in, is probably going to be one of those three totals, 91, 92, or 93, which is far lower than it's been in past years. It was 100. Last season, but the conference is a lot more evenly distributed this year. There are six teams in the race for two spots. Um, Ottawa, by the way, is 85 and a half. If you're interested in where they are, but I don't think they have, I don't think they have the time to make up the ground that they are trailing in. So that was the point totals. Apologies for not having that on our last show. Uh, we'll do a more detailed look at the playoff race when we get to the hunt a little bit later on. There's one Eastern Conference matchup that matters to the Sabers on Wednesday night, and it's got very easy decision on who to root for. Six to three, Maple Leafs over the Sabres. The game never got off the ground. I am in the building. I'm juiced up. I spent all day Tuesday getting fired up for this game. I'm watching old Sabre Leafs clips of, you know, of... The scrum goal in 2012 when Marcus Felino and Mike Kamisarek are going at it. I'm watching highlights of the 99 conference finals when the Sabres score three goals in a row. Rob Ray between the legs. Uh, Jeff Sanderson scores right after that while Rob's goal is being announced uh, to the crowd. And the place is going wild to go up 4 nothing on the Leafs. Um, I'm watching... The 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 Miller Jonathan Bernier goalie fight, the Kessel and John Scott brawl in the preseason that happened against the Maple Leafs. Um, well, there was another one that I was watching too. That oh, 07, 2007, when the Sabers are down four to one in the third period and they go goal goal goal. Briere, Pominville, Stafford, all back to back, and they take the lead on Toronto. Uh, Vanek scored before that actually to make it four two. All these great memories of playing Toronto. I'm looking up records, and I'm seeing – oh, the Sabres at the time – this is before yesterday's game – the Sabres had played the Maple Leafs 105 times in Buffalo, and Toronto had only won 33 of them. That number is now 34. So I'm getting fired up. I'm juiced up. I'm like, all right – Big game. Let's go. Sabres in the playoff race. Finally good. The Maple Leafs are elite. They're a cup contender. Measuring stick type game. It's going to be 50-50. Sabre and Leaf fans. Competing chance. Tons of energy. Back and forth. Lots of offense. Both these teams love to score. And then all the air was let out of the balloon right away. Ryan O'Reilly. Goal. Right off the hop. Then again. Ryan O'Reilly. Goal. And then... John Tavares goal. It's three, nothing like that. And it was just, it felt over. It's like this night is this, this night, which was supposed to be one of the best nights to be in the arena all year. Just went up in smoke just like that. And they never, I mean, really got that close to coming back. Um, But I'll also say, it was not 50-50 Sabre and Leaf fans. Uh, my guess was it was 70-30 Leaf to Sabre fans. Those that were watching on TV I saw on Twitter were guessing it was more like 90-10. For being in the building, I think it was more 70-30. The Blues can blend in. The Sabre fans weren't, didn't have a lot to cheer about in the game, let's be honest. By the time they did in the third period, a lot of them had left. I left after the second intermission, so no, no gripe there. Um, so I, it, it just, man, one time the Maple Leafs come to Buffalo a year. And that's what we got. That's it's just so it's so deflating. Um, I'm not that mad. They lost the game. I mean, it's one of the best teams in hockey. They're going to have to win some of those games against the best teams in hockey. The Sabres actually have the second hardest strength of schedule uh, remaining in the National Hockey League. Now, Detroit has the hardest and they are above the Sabres in the standing. So I guess good news on that front. Um, But look at the Sabres remaining schedule. They still have. Three games left against the Rangers, two games left against the Lightning, a game left against Toronto, two games against New Jersey, a game against Carolina, and two games against Boston. Those are six of the top seven teams in hockey. In fact, they might be the top six teams in hockey. Um, so they have a ton of games left against these really tough teams. So not mad they lost that game against Toronto, but they got to win some of them. in, you know... But actually, you know what? Before I get into some details of the game, some individuals, Lukanen got pulled early on, Granados strategy, and just guys not really showing up for that moment. What Alex Tuck said after the game, I'll get to all that when we, when we return. Um, so I'll, I'll save that. What I will say before we take a timeout, though, Ryan O'Reilly, he scores a hat trick. He gets that empty netter right at the end, the first two goals early on. The line that he is on is unreal. John Tavares, Ryan O'Reilly, and Mitch Marner. O'Reilly actually is playing center on that line, and Tavares has slid over to the wing. I said on our preview show they've kind of been splitting. Apparently, it's not as much the case as I thought. It is more so O'Reilly is the centerman and Tavares is on the wing. He makes a big difference for the rest of the season for Toronto. I did not think I'd ever get here because – I've never been a big believer in the Leafs. I, I've i always thought they're great, and they've always been better than first-round exits seven years in a row, of course, but I have always felt like they are flawed in some way. The blue line has just never been all that strong. They never really put a lot of investment into it. The goaltending situation has never really been stabilized. Jack Campbell, for like half a season, is all the time they've really ever had with a, with a good starting goaltender. And this year, I guess they've been fine with Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov, but I've never thought of the Leafs this way going into a postseason where I'm pretty confident they're going to win a round. And that is knowing that they play Tampa. The Lightning are, yes, one of the best teams in hockey. And Friday night, maybe, maybe I'm recency biased. I could definitely be subject to that. And Friday night, the Lightning could trounce the Sabres, and I'll I'll take this back pretty quickly. I feel like this is the year Toronto does it and I do think O'Reilly is a big reason why O'Reilly is great. He still is. And some of the underlying numbers showed that his 20 points or 18 points in St. Louis this season was kind of fluky. It all had a lot to do with where he was being played his situation. Um, He was dealing with an injury throughout the year. I, I just think on that line, especially with Marner, and Tavares, they could do a lot of the things that O'Reilly would have to do in St. Louis. And he can just kind of, you know, more, more, less pressure on him to, to, to serve a certain role. Um, he can obviously finish. He's a smart player. Him and Tavares measure very well. Marner is just the water bug on that line. He's always buzzing around. Um, always ca- by the way, great forechecker, checker, Mitch Marner. He was given Owen power problems all night. I thought power did great actually, um, with the pressure, Uh if it had been anybody else, they probably would have got destroyed. The power, I thought, did really well with Marner's pressure. But Marner's great. Um, that line is incredible. And I think it's a real game changer. It's an X factor. I really think O'Reilly makes him that better. And I guess all to say, will they win? Maybe. It's probably close to 50-50 whether they'll beat Tampa. They're very evenly matched. And history would tell you it's going to be Tampa. But the roster and how they play night to night. I've watched, you know, four or five Leaf games, maybe in the last last three or four weeks. Um, not all in full, but sparingly. They just – I know, the playoffs, right, they're so different. I want to say that I think they're going to beat Tampa. I'm going to do it. I would pick them today to beat the Lightning in the first round. I would pick – in seven, close. But I would pick them – I now feel O'Reilly puts them over the over the hump. Seven. I think they beat Tampa in seven. I feel pretty strongly that Toronto has, has made the best move – that they have made in season uh, under Kyle Dubas. And during this, this historic run they've had of losing in the first round and he scores a hat trick on the night. I never, I've never hated Ryan O'Reilly. I don't know how many Sabre fans hate Ryan O'Reilly. I've always defended him. I always liked the player. He never wanted out. He said the thing he said about losing his love for the game. And everybody wanted to jump down his throat for that. The team even did right. The team maybe traded him because of that comment, but All O'Reilly did there was say what every fan was thinking. That's it. He was feeling the same things every fan was. And I guarantee you every other player on that team who had just gone through a 62-point season last place after it was supposed to be the year where they took a step forward. How many other guys felt like that? Probably the entire team. They just they they don't wear their heart on their sleeve like O'Reilly does. But brutal honesty from Ryan O'Reilly he'll he will say it. He'll just say what he's thinking, and I think that's refreshing in sports. And it always rubbed me the wrong way that he got ostracized for that, and he maybe even got traded for that. When again, all he was doing was putting voice to what fans were feeling and what his teammates likely were feeling. It's it, it was just the way it was on that season. So. O'Reilly, I'm not saying I'm rooting for him. I'll be rooting against the Leafs. Don't get me wrong. I'll I'll love it if they lose again. But I think this might be the move for them. Timeout here when we come back. More in this game. Ukapeka getting pulled early on. I got a thought on J.J. Paterka that's quick. And then we'll give you a playoff hunt update and the anniversary of the Ottawa Brawl. That is all ahead here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the midway point of the NBA season. The NHL is pushing towards the playoffs, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, And you can bet on everything, the money line, point scores, threes drained. You can bet on over-unders for goal totals. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. I had the under on Buffalo and Toronto. I believe I am now done with the under. I'm on a cold streak with it. It looked pretty good, right? It looked pretty good. It was under seven goals, and it was 5 nothing going into the third period, and nine. It ends up at nine. Crazy amount. Uh, FanDuel. Don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Okay. Uh, let's let's keep talking about the Sabres Leaf game for a moment. I know it's probably a depressing topic. Nobody wants to think about that game, but Ukapeka Lukanen gets pulled after three goals. I do think he was a big reason why. They didn't win that game. I thought it was there. It was there for the taking. The Leafs had played three games in four nights. I said this about the Carolina game a couple weeks ago. Carolina had played three games in four nights. Withstand the early barrage, and you could get them while they're, when their legs are tired later. And that is exactly what happened in this Sabres-Leafs matchup, other than they didn't withstand the barrage. Second and third period. Leafs were kind of flat. Now, maybe some of that was they were up five-nothing. Of course, a lot of that probably was they were up five-nothing. But I bet some of it was that they were they had played three games in four nights. The problem was, and the same problem that happened in the Carolina a couple weeks ago, it didn't withstand the early barrage. And the saber players did not play well. Nobody early in that game. Uh Daleen, maybe is the Dalene and power, because that's usually how it works. They were the two guys I thought were rock solid. Other than that. Dahlien, I guess, even, he whiffed on a couple pucks. He fanned on a couple pucks, but they were fine. The rest of the team, turnovers all over the place. Um, no clean passes. Nobody was moving their feet. No movement uh, in the neutral zone. Just nothing working. And the Leafs were all over him. All three of those goals to start could have been saved. And Lucan didn't save any of them. And he really didn't come close even on a couple of them. His positioning was way off. I don't know what he's doing on the second on the first O'Reilly goal. He's off on the side. He's He's got to push off from beyond the post to get back to the other side to make the save. It was never going to happen. So his positioning was off on that one. Um, I guess his skate blade did break, so maybe he gets a pass for that. I don't know. He's already out of position when it broke. Luka did deserve to get pulled. And you could have argued that he should have been pulled earlier. Anderson played great. Craig Anderson at some point stood on his head, made big saves, breakaway saves. Um, the only goal that went in on him was that power play where the Sabres are are playing like idiots on the penalty kill. Ilya bushkin is just skating off to the moon for no reason, following John Tavares to the blue line when it's a three-on-two down low. Um, Anderson played well. And had he started that game, I think the Sabres could have won it. I think they could have won that game had Craig Anderson started. I heard the guys in Sabres Live, Marty Baron and Brian Duff, talking about this on my way home from work today. Is it time to send Lukanen down to Rochester? Give him a couple games. Let Anderson kind of take over the net and kind of mix Comrie back in. See what you got. And I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet on Lukanen. I would need a few more bad games from him before I get there. I think their best outcome the rest of the season still involves him playing the majority of the games. So I'm not I'm not done with Lukanen up here for this season yet. I will say though, spite I'm Mister, you know, let the kids develop at the NHL level. I'm starting to wonder if it might be a decent idea to send JJ Paterka down to Rochester. JJ Paterka, in his last 22 games, has no goals and four assists in 22 games played. He does not appear to be playing with confidence. He is not using his speed to his advantage. He looks very timid when he has the puck. He turns it over very easily. And he's not a player that really contributes all that much in his own end. So he's really not contributing anything right now to the Sabres. And I'm not seeing him take steps. I'm not seeing him. Jack Quinn, I could see it even when Quinn's not scoring a lot either. He does score coincidentally in this Toronto game with a great shot down the wing. Quinn, man, he gets involved. Like he'll he'll throw hits. He's very good in his own end. Jack Quinn is very good in his own end. Um, and he can drive play a little bit. He's he he creates shots for himself. I I think Quinn is doing more of that than Paterka, even though the numbers might not look too different. So. Honestly, you know, throw Asplund back in the lineup for now, or maybe they make a move at the deadline for a veteran forward and throw Paterka back down in Rochester, you know, have him put up some big numbers down there, gain his confidence, playing on the top line. I'm just about at that point with Paterka. Um, And that sucks because I love the player. I think he could be super exciting in the future for how fast and dynamic he is, but it's just really not happening right now. And they are in a race. And I think that has to be valued, that they are in a race, and that they have a real chance in this race. So in the name of the race, I think it might be time to send J.J. Paterka down to Rochester, uh, at least for a little bit. One other point on Sabres and Leafs that I take away. I sat in that seat watching that game in the arena and thought, I really want this chicken trade. I really want the Sabres to trade for Jacob Chikorin. The gap between the Sabres and the Leafs is clear. It is big. It is a big gap. And we probably knew that going in. You might just hope it didn't look that big. The Leafs are a Stanley Cup contender. The Sabres are just trying to make the playoffs. When are the Sabres allowed to start thinking about the Cup? Because it almost feels like it is it is bad, bad, bad voodoo to um to say anything about cup contention or like taking that next giant leap forward because they haven't made the playoffs yet. And I get that on some level, but don't we want to be competing with Toronto next year? Isn't that you you want to be you want to assume you're making the playoffs next year? That that's where you want to be. You want to go into next year assuming that you're going to make the postseason. So then you start thinking about what's above me. Boston, Toronto, Tampa. Those are the three teams. You the Sabers right now, they're they're not on the VIP floor. The VIP floor is Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. The Sabers maybe now are in the club, but they're at the bar on 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 the floor one right. They're with they're hanging out, having a beer with Detroit. Uh, they're they're doing a shot with uh, with uh, Ottawa um, and Florida maybe too. Florida got kicked out of the VIP level. You, how do you get upstairs? How do you get upstairs? How do you compete with those teams? And I think Chikrin is the move to do that. And you could say, well, just do it in the summer. Who knows if Jacob Chikrin is going to be available in the summer? I mean, maybe the reporting now is that there is a chance that he doesn't get traded by the deadline. If I'm the Sabres, I'm not sure I want to take that risk because yeah, they can make a move in the summer. Is there a player that more perfectly fits what the Sabres would want for a big trade better than Jacob Chikrin. Because I would argue there isn't. They have goal scoring figured out, right? Granado plays that style. He loves to play up and down the ice and they are top they're still second in the league, I believe, in goals per game. They've got scoring. And Quinn's only going to get better. Paterka, you hope's only going to get better. And maybe some of the rookies like Kulich or Savoy jump up. Rosine. The defense, there's no one coming in the pipeline that's going to sit this help them next year. So the only way you're getting better on the blue line from this year to next year is if you go outside the organization and that right now is the Sabres biggest problem. They allow a lot of goals and they're top heavy on the blue line. Darlene power Samuelson. And then big gap. Chikrin is the perfect player. He's a great defenseman. He's top three in the NHL in controlled entries offensively and controlled exits defensively. He is 24 years old. He is under contract for a couple of years. You can work out a long-term extension with him if that is a part of the deal and you have all the capital to go out and get him. Is there going to be a player in the summer that better fits what the Sabres want and need than that? Because I don't think there is. You don't even have to make it about this year. Trade for him now and call it your summer move. Call it your big offseason move. I I think the chick I'm watching that Toronto game yesterday thinking I'm just, you're just, Sabres are not in the same league as this team yet. They're not, they're not, it's almost like they're not playing the same sport sometimes at, at points in the game. And I think Chikrin can help them take a step towards that. And I don't really know what other move would. So I really want the Chikrin move for the Sabres going into the deadline next week. Um, we'll continue to keep you updated on those rumors. He's not playing for the coyotes. He is back practicing, but he's still not playing for the coyotes and no trade appears imminent, but hope I'm sure the coyotes is that they'll deal in by next Friday. Quick in the hunt update. Not much. You had a couple of games last night. Uh, Detroit um did win over the Washington Capitals, So they go past the Sabres in the standings by both points and points percentage. So Detroit, I still don't think they're as good as the Sabres, but they're at 62 points. Sabres are at 60. Buffalo has one game in hand, and they are now behind them in points percentage. And on Wednesday night, easy one to watch and to uh, figure out who to root for. Islanders hosting the Winnipeg Jets. The Islanders at this moment in time have, they're in the top wildcard spot. Five points above the Sabres, but Buffalo does have five games in hand. They'll have six games in hand after Wednesday night, so hopefully Winnipeg gets the win there. It's the anniversary of the Sabres-Senators brawl. We'll do some reminiscing, some nostalgia when we come back in the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Final segment on the show, Joe DiBiase at Sneaky Joe Sports at Lockdown Sabres. Uh, Sabres lose to the Maple Leafs 6-3 to on Tuesday night. It is February 22nd, which means it is the – Seventeenth anniversary, I think I said sixteenth earlier, seventeenth anniversary of the Ottawa Brawl game. I've been consumed by Ottawa Brawl content all through Wednesday morning. I've watched the entirety a bunch of times. I tweeted this out if you want to go check it out at Sneaky Joe Sports. Fun exercise. I suggest, and I tweeted the video out with just a picture of Lindy screaming at Brian Murray, so you can do it. Pretend you're in the car on your way home from work or from wherever on February twenty second, two thousand seven and listen to the brawl as if you're listening to it on the radio for the first time. And you don't know what it looks like. You're just listening to it. Have RJ paint the picture for you. And I, I guarantee you it will look different in your mind. If you're able to, to, to play that game, especially with the coaching, you know, he, RJ makes it sound like Lindy's going to go fight Brian Murray. Um, really cool exercise. I love doing that with uh, different Sabres moments. Um, and uh, keep in mind, There is some cursing in it because of Lindy. I remember jumping up and down as a kid, watching that game in my living room and having it be one of my greatest Sabre memories, uh, growing up. I mean, it's right up there with the Campbell hit against uh, Philadelphia game one in Oh six. It's right up there with Drury in game five against the Rangers. Uh, all my great Sabre memories, of course, are going to be from those two teams. And this one, I mean, it's on the Mount Rushmore. It's on the Mount Rushmore of my Sabre memories growing up. Um, the whole thing. I love watching it back and see. I, I trying to see if I could see something different every time I, I watch it. Um, in fact, I watch the Ottawa uh, Sportsnet uh, view of it. And there's different angles to it. You see a little bit more of Patrick Coletta and Chris Phillips wrestling around. They never really fight Phillips and, and Coletta. Thinking about that part of it. Man, Coletta, that's tough on him, right? Like, he's what, 19, 20 for that? It's his first NHL game. And I guess it happened by coincidence that he he made threw a hit and it was on Chris Phillips. Ah, dude, don't you? Coletta man, I bet, I bet. I'm not sure he talked about this in the Beyond Blue and Gold. The Sabres did. I bet he wishes that he just jumped Danny Heatley off the off the face off. It would have been so much easier for him. Phillips was a tough customer and probably the toughest guy on the ice for for Ottawa. And he got tangled with him. I guess maybe if anything, he he neutralized Phillips. He kept him held up so that Phillips couldn't defend Ray Emery or uh, couldn't defend Spezza or anybody else. So I guess he did do a job there, uh, Coletta. But I always try to listen to see if I could tell what Lindy Ruff is saying. And sometimes you'll be able to catch it. The one quote we all know, right? Go after Peters. Go after Peters. Don't go after my bleeping captain. Uh, Niels bleeped. Uh, I was another good one that I <laughs> remember um uh, listening to at the end of when he's screaming at Murray. Um You can't make out a lot of the beginning. And I wish, I wish you could just have the audio is Rob's audio out there somewhere. Does MSG in a, in a, in a filing cabinet or in a box somewhere up in an attic, do they have a, a thumb drive or an MP3 file of just the audio that was coming off Rob Ray's mic? Because man, I would pay, I would pay top money for that. How much would you pay for that? That's a good poll. Uh, at Locked On Sabers, you can answer the question: How much would you pay to have MSG to have just the 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 isolated audio of Rob Ray's mic standing in between Lindy Ruff and Brian Murray? I might have to go check how much is in my bank account. I would mean, just give all of it if I could get that. Um, maybe that does exist. I don't know. Uh, so amazing. I talked to Marty Baran on WGR on Wednesday morning. I loved hearing his story about, I asked him, when did you know that you were going to go fight Emery? Did you know the second Peters and Mayer stepped on the ice that I'm going to go fight Ray Emery? Did you not know until it started? Was Emery the first one? Did Emery start skating down? Did you, or did you, and Marty said he knew before the puck was dropped. He knew when he saw Mayor Spets, and Coletta, he, he, he was smart enough to know what was about to happen. So he already started loosening his glove, and he started skating to center ice as soon as the puck was dropped, and him and Emery just knew. They just knew that they were going to fight each other. Uh, so good on Marty for that. One other thought I have on the brawl that I've always wondered, because uh, conflicting information maybe on this. Who ordered the code red? I always thought it was Lindy. I think everybody always thought it was Lindy. Lindy got fined for that. Adam Mayer said in the Beyond Blue and Gold documentary that the Sabres did that he made the decision for his line to go out there. Now, I don't know that Adam Mayer has the power to say that or to do that. Maybe he did. Maybe he pulled Briere off because Briere was standing on the ice and said, we're going out, and Lindy just didn't say anything. Or Lindy's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Go get him. Because when you watch both the Ottawa uh, camera and the Buffalo camera, there are two different moments where you see Lindy point and he's yelling something. And I'm sure it's something along the lines of go get him something along those lines. Go bleep him up. I, so I don't know who really ordered the code red. Maybe it was a combination of Mayor and Lindy. But the way Lindy was pointing, L- Mayor may have already decided that they were going out and they were doing it. But Lindy reinforced it, I think, by screaming whatever he was screaming as he was pointing at the Senator stars. Um, So a great memory. Watch it in full. The entire game, I believe, is uh, in full on YouTube as well, if you want to watch it. All right, that's going to do it for me, though, today on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Good memories of the brawl. uh, Not good memories of Tuesday night's game, though, against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sabres are next in action Friday night at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, So we'll talk to you tomorrow, uh, Thursday, excuse me. So we'll talk about the Tampa game on Thursday, and then they got Florida on Friday. So a big Florida trip that we will preview in the coming days here on Locked on Sabres. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked on Podcast Network.